WXDX-FM, Pittsburgh. Speculating about the possible trade of Lev Bell. I got a blog posted at SchultzFord.com. And if Bell does get traded, it'll be because the Steelers just want to wash their hands of him. The Steelers' biggest fear has to be that Bell shows up after 10 games and he's fat, unmotivated, goes in the tank, and is toxic. And believe me, that scenario could very easily play out. Very easily where this all took a silly turn and I mean very silly is when ex-players and media blowhards started screaming practically that the Steelers should have paid Bell this is all because the Steelers didn't pay Bell well the Steelers didn't want to pay Bell Earl Thomas and Antonio Brown may dictate their work schedules but Bell doesn't get to unilaterally impose his salary demands the Steelers offered 70 mil over five years. That's not an embarrassing offer. Bell didn't take it so. The Steelers do get to impose the franchise tag on Bell because that's how the CBA works. Blame the CBA and blame the union, but don't blame the Steelers. The CBA is horribly one-sided, but the Steelers are operating within its parameters. So people named Booger are screaming, Bell should have got paid! F that. Two pot suspensions, lots of injuries, some that might not have been legit, bad teammate, lots of wear and tear because of workload, doesn't love football, would rather be a rapper, has behaved like an ass during his holdout. I would not invest in Bell long term, and the Steelers look smarter every day for not doing so, even though they did try. But that's America. If you scream something loud enough and often enough, people are supposed to be required to believe it. I don't know what Bell is worth now. I don't know if his holdout is hurting or helping. He might get what Gurley got. He might get a bit less. That's what I suspect. Bell might get back. He might get a bunch of guaranteed money and then suck. That's my bet. Bell is going to get a ton, but less than Gurley. And once he's got that big guarantee, Lev Bell is going to suck. The end game for Bell was never football excellence. It was that one big guaranteed long-term payday. Lev Bell will never again be the same player he was with the Steelers. Lev Bell wants to rap, not play football. There is where boots and you gotta believe it. Pay Bell! Pay the man! Give that man his money. He beat me. Straight up. Barry's Wear Boots brought to you by 84 Lumber. Showing you the right way to build since 1956. Oh boy, Chelsea on like a 7 on 1. And they slowed it down, which was really ill-advised. Liverpool 1-0 in the 63rd minute. It's the crappy League Cup. It's like, of the four trophies Liverpool could win this year, it's the lowest one. It's like a random draw tournament in the Football League. But I just like to win. And one thing I will say, I know you people hate when I talk about Liverpool, which only makes me do it more. 
You know what I do with Liverpool that nobody can do with the Steelers? Every day I go online and read about football news. You know, soccer. Every Saturday, sometimes Tuesday or Wednesday, sometimes Sunday, I watch a football match. And it's not just steeped in stupidity. I don't worry about some ex-Liverpudlian telling a current Liverpudlian to cheat the team out of money. The top player ain't held out. Even last year, Coutinho, he wanted to leave, but he waited till they let him leave. The Steelers situation is just so absurd. It, it, the team went from being the class of the NFL to just being a bunch of dinks. And I'll tell you what, as somebody who's always respected the Roonies, and I revered uh, Dan Rooney, even though I'm not so sure he thought very much of me, but I revered Dan Rooney. And this is direct disrespect by Harrison to the legacy of Mr. Rooney and the current Rooney ownership group, uh, led, of course, by Dan's son, Art II. Let's go to Jake. Jake, you're on with Double M. Hey, Mark, I think this is going to be a big problem in the NFL over the next couple years of guys just uh, refusing to practice or refusing to play in certain games because they want to save their bodies and not have the wear and tear. I think it's going to spread like wildfire. And then what do you do when half your half your roster doesn't want to practice something? It'll spread like wildfire until somebody gets suspended. But in, in the two test cases, Earl Thomas blew off two practices and A.B. missed meetings and nobody got suspended or even disciplined very much. Uh, the A.B. thing was borderline. I would have suspended him, but being 0-1-1, I understood why he played. But when a guy refuses to practice, I mean, what does the coach, Pete Carroll, what's he say to Earl Thomas when he just flat-out refuses to practice? And how can you play him? It's another reason to hate the NFL. The NFL, I mean, everything has just gone so sour, yet people are watching, yet the TV ratings are up. But, but you got the kneeling thing, which has subsided. You got this thing with Earl Thomas and Antonio Brown. You got all the uh, off-field distractions all over the league, not just the Steelers, obviously, that just just permeate the game. There's just so much to not like about it. Uh, You can't sack the quarterback anymore. The game's not physical at all. It's been slowed to a crawl. But until people really make them pay the price at the uh, box office in, with TV ratings, it doesn't matter. And fantasy football and gambling, boy, they are the bellwether of NFL popularity and why the NFL will probably be popular in perpetuity. Let's go to Ray in the car. Ray, you're on with Double M. Hey, Mark, one question. Um, if the Steelers and Bell report, if he's unable to perform, would they put What, you mean sexually? Do they have to pay him? If he signs his contract, the tender, and reports, they have to pay him. Now, they could make him exempt a couple weeks, but if he signs that contract, they have the contract out there, so they have to pay him, yes. Now, could they file a lawsuit or release him or if, he, if he's physically unable to perform or refuses to? I don't know. Until Earl Thomas refused to practice this uh, last week, it never crossed my mind that an NFL player would just refuse to 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 work 
And it never crossed my mind that he wouldn't be disciplined more than a slap on the wrist if he didn't. Let's go to Wesley. Wesley, you're on with Mark. Hey, how you doing? Um, all right, two-part question here. So, all right. Can I take the second part first? You know, like Jeopardy. No, you can't. It's not formulated that way. Okay, go ahead then. All right. So, all right. So, Harrison's just complete trash. We see the same behavioral attributes in both, you know, Bell and Antonio Brown. And I've listened to your show this week, but I've never actually heard you say it. Okay, so. You know, with the, with the Steelers organization, which can arguably be, I mean, it's just it's a disaster. Would you want to see, do, I mean, are you ready to see Antonio Brown and, and Le'Veon Bell go? Like, right now, if you had your way? Like, would well, you yeah, but don't forget, I'm not as invested in them winning beyond wanting to have Ben do well at the end of his career. You, you know what I'm saying? But uh, yeah. put it this way. Would I personally be happier on a day-to-day basis if A.B. and Le'Veon Bell were no longer Steelers? Absolutely. Then again, would my show suffer to have those two topics taken away, the toxic twins? Absolutely. So I say let them stay. I say sign them long-term. I say get them fat. I say don't make them practice. I say don't make them play. Let's go to Dave. Dave, you're on with Mark. Hey, Mark, uh, quick question for you. You mentioned uh, in your monologue about Bell wanting to rap. Do you think he's trying to pull a Richie Williams? I mean, he's definitely out in football shape right now, or at least it seems so. So do you think he's trying to, uh, you know, smoke his pot, rap, and uh, wait a couple years before his money runs out and get back in the league? I think he's going to play in the league next year, but that's an interesting theory, and I wouldn't totally discount it. Now, let's not forget, we didn't think... Bell would miss even week one. And now he's missed the first three games. It's very unlikely to come back until uh, the, the 11th game, if at all. And I don't think he's going to play it all this season. And I think that will turn out to have been his game plan all along. Up next, he sells uh, videos of homeless people fighting and marijuana. He's also the greatest outside linebacker of all time. He does color commentary for Penn State football. We're going to talk about the quarterbacks being, I think, overly protected in the NFL. And we'll talk about Penn State versus Ohio State. It's Jack Ham, one of the greatest Steelers ever. Jack Ham next on 1059. And now the super genius, Mark Madden. Hey, I wanted to ask why my cat talks in her sleep. Cats are weird. One time my cat didn't eat for three weeks. I didn't feed her. The X at 1059. My cat has turned into a stormtrooper. Yikes. Joining me now, it's great to welcome back to the program. He is a member of the Pro and College Football Halls of Fame. He is the greatest outside linebacker of all time. He is a four-time Super Bowl champion. He does color commentary for Penn State football. He is the founder of jackhambumfighting.com. He is the great uh, Jack Ham. Jack, before we get to Penn State... I want to talk about the way the NFL is protecting quarterbacks. Uh, you can't even land on the quarterback. Has the NFL gone too far? Yeah, I think it has, Mark. I think uh, to the eye test, uh, and I watched some of the games on Sunday, and when you see what is called as roughing, roughing the passer, it is, you know, it, it, it's not really football anymore. I, I think, again, I know what the NFL is trying to do with the rules, but they, you carry it that far. 
I mean, quarterbacks are vulnerable. They're going to get hit. Sometimes they will, in fact, get hurt and be out, out for a period of time. But uh, they call this play as they did against Clay Matthews as, as the roughing the passer. Uh, you know what? Uh, you know, uh, I, I did, it's hard. That, that thing is hard to watch right now. Yeah, the uh, calls against Clay Matthews have been particularly irritating. He's been flagged three times, and I think everyone was just a, a good tackle. Now, after three weeks, Jack, there have been twice as many penalties called for roughing the passer than last year, but it's still less than one per game. So while I don't like uh, calling it more, I'm not sure it's affecting many games and certainly not every game. Well, you know, you may be right now, and I think these calls won't affect it in a 16-game schedule. I think whoever is a better football team will have a better record. But what's going to happen when those playoffs where it's one one and done in, in a playoff situation, when you have an official making a, a, a call like this and it could be a difference in a football game, that's when you're going to hear people really complaining about it because, uh, yeah, over a course of 16 game, 16 game schedule, it'll all work itself out. But that when the playoffs and championship games and Super Bowls come along and calls like this are made that impact the, the, the football game, that's when it's going to be a problem. Now, we know that the quarterbacks do sell the game. There's no question. Uh, they, they sell the tickets, they sell the jerseys, they get the TVs to turn on. So I kind of get it, Jack, but. Is it worth compromising the game to protect the quarterbacks? What are the pros no. and cons, and exactly how important are the quarterbacks to the league in your mind? Well, you know what, you know you're going to have quarterback. You know, Aaron Rodgers is going to, is going to come and go, and somebody else is going to be there, and and he's going to be the, the quarterback for the Green Bay Packers. I, I think you know to do this and for the protection of the quarterback, and and it's literally change the way the game is being played. I think it's just carrying it a little bit too far. I understand the more scoring you want to have in the NFL, and that's fine. You put a lot of pressure on defensive backs. But I don't know how a linebacker blitzing off the edge or a defensive end or, or tackle coming on a quarterback at 320 pounds, how in the world can you you stop in midair and not end up hitting the quarterback? I mean, you, I think it's got to be a judgment call. I mean, you, get, you, you, you know that Clay Matthews, that was not a vicious hit on a quarterback to be called for, for roughing the passer. I have to laugh, though, when I hear Richard Sherman say, they don't care if the rest of us get hurt, only the quarterbacks. So I'm like, <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah but, you know, Mark, I, I understand protecting quarterbacks, but just don't carry it this far. I know they're, they're, you're concerned about you know, not only the quarterback, but the concussion stuff and all the lawsuits and everything out there. But once you start changing the game this much and altering the, uh, your pass rush, I mean, I don't know, like I said, I don't know what rushing linebackers are going to do from now, now on not to get a penalty. Well, Jack, don't you think they'll dial the calls back some as the season goes on? I think so. I think they have to. I mean, the eye test alone, watching something like that on, on a Sunday afternoon or a Sunday night game and seeing calls like that on Clay Matthews, they are going to have in New York have a meeting. It's not the official's fault. They want them to call this stuff. I think they're going to dial it back, I think, at some point where, you know, kind of like what he's doing in playoff games and Super Bowls, you almost always kept the flag in your, in your pocket. You didn't want to, unless it was blatant, because you didn't, want to, you didn't want to make a call to end up making a decision on the game. Now, Jack, I want to talk about Penn State. The Nittany Lions are 4-0, but how much has Penn State really proven because they played four cupcakes? 
Well, you know, probably you know, I'd say Appalachian State might have been their toughest game, to tell you what, with their opener, because they almost lost that game. Uh, uh, yeah, I, you know, we're going to find out here on Saturday, because I think you could say it's almost the same thing about Ohio State as well. Because Yes, uh, for sure. I mean, they, they are doing things that will. I mean, right now, Ohio State's third down conversion is 59%. And I, you know, I watched a tape of Tulane last week when they pl- played Ohio State, and it was like skeleton passing. I mean, uh, their quarterback, Haskins, could have been in shorts and a T-shirt, and it would be, he would have been fine all day. Two guys I want to talk about are Trace McSorley, the quarterback, and Miles Sanders, the running back, because they're off to good starts. Both can be special players, can't they? Well, without a doubt. Well, Trace McSorley's been doing it now for like a number of years, so he's experienced back there, and Mark, he's got I'd say the best thing about McSorley is the fact that his his head, because he is he is really mentally into this game, into into reading coverages. Like I said, he's seen it all in the last couple of years. He's going to be a three year starter for for Penn State. He, he's good getting out of the pocket, but you know what else, Mark? He is a big part of the running game too, because uh, you talk about Miles Sanders at, at, at the running back position and gaining over two hundred yards. It, our running game goes when McSorley is, is, a, is a threat to run with the football, and that opens up not only the running game, but also the passing game downfield. It's, uh, everything feeds around McSorley. And Miles Sanders right now has you know, just had an outstanding year. I mean, he is over 200 yards last week. And, uh, you know, he's a tough kid. He's from the Pittsburgh area. He's a guy that's about 215 pounds. He's gotten a little bit stronger this year as well. And, uh, he runs with a lot of authority, so he's he and can, can catch the ball. He's not he's not Barkley, but I tell you what, he's one hell of a running back. Well, as you um, mentioned, he's from Woodland Hills High School here in Pittsburgh, and he could have started for a lot of teams even last year, Jack. But he sat behind Barkley. How did Sanders handle that, and how did he benefit from playing behind Saquon? Well, I think a, a number of things. I think it, it, it kind of shows the maturity of a guy like Miles Sanders because uh, he, he understood he was not going to play all that much behind Barkley. But I'll tell you, he has learned a lot. Miles Sanders would fumble the ball every once in a while back when, but now after watching Barkley, who I think fumbled one time in his college career at, at Penn State, now Miles Sanders holds that ball with a lot of security, holds that ball high. Uh, he's also turned into a very good receiver. He's got a couple of touchdown pad wheel routes called back for a, a illegal pick, uh, but he's a very good receiver, and that's what he learned from Barkley as well. So those, those two things – Ball security and how to be a receiver from that running back position. I think he learned a lot of that from Barkley. We're talking to all-time Steeler and Penn State great Jack Ham here on the Mark Madden Show. Jack, uh, the Penn State defense is a lot of share of points. Is that a problem or just a byproduct of scoring so many points on offense, you know, where the games turned into shootouts because Penn State got so far ahead, with the exception, of course, being the App State game? Well, I, I think there's a concern. There's some question marks on the defensive side. We've got some young guys. We've got a five-star uh, a linebacker playing now and playing a lot in Micah Parsons. And we've got a backup linebacker now, you know, another freshman playing out there in Jesse Laquetta and, and uh, Ellis Brooks. So you've got some young linebackers who in the first three or four games, you know, a little bit hesitant. You know, you didn't read and react very quickly. Parsons is going to be a big-time uh, linebacker at Penn State. He's about 6'3", about 240. He ran 4'5", five, 5'5", five up there. So as soon as he learns the game, that's been part of the problem, I, I think, in our, with our linebackers. And up front, we know, Mark, we just haven't been strong enough physically in the middle in the first couple of games that people gashed us for big running plays, did a much better job in second half 
against uh, you know gap security. But that's a concern. Going into this game against Ohio State's got an outstanding offensive line. How well this Penn State defense plays is going to be a big reason who wins and loses the game. Ohio State number four, Penn State number nine, the two highest scoring offenses in the country. Does that necessarily mandate a high scoring game, Jack? No, no, because I think it's this is the this is the, the test right here because both teams, you know, Haskins, we're going to, we're going to have to get some pressure on him in the pocket, not let him sit back there. Uh, you know, we you know both teams have racked up a lot of lot of points against you know lesser quality opponents, and I think going into this game right now, I think we'll find out about both football teams. Penn State's fortunate to have the game at at at, uh, at Happy Valley, but uh, Ohio State's an outstanding team. Well, and not just fortunate to be at home, Jack, but uh, Nick Bosa is going to be out, who is Ohio State's defensive end and certainly their best defensive player, big-time NFL prospect, and they'll be hard-pressed to replace what he does, won't they? Well, you know what, though, Mark? They are, if their deepest position Ohio State has is at their defensive line. They're, they're linebackers and secondary. They're, they're a little bit thin back there, but nobody's been banged up. Bosa, no question, he'll, he'll be a top, maybe a top pick in the draft coming up here in April, but they have about seven or eight defensive linemen, five-star kids over there who can play. Uh, number 86, Jones, who had a big game uh, a couple of weeks ago against TCU. He's a force in the middle as well. So, yeah, but they lose a great player, but they've got some solid players backing, backing Bosa up. So, uh, you know, defensive line, I think, is the strength of their football team, even without Bosa. Is this must-win for Penn State, Jack, if they want to get in the playoff? Uh, pretty close, I'd say, because – Notre Dame's 4-0, so two or three conference champs might miss the boat. Well, you know what, Mark? I, mean, I don't think any team, if you're playing your fifth game here right now, you're looking that far ahead. Ohio State, you know, they, if you don't play well against them, they will blow you right out of the stadium. So, uh, you know, it, it must game, yeah, you know, if you're they're in our division and if you're going to beat anybody in this division, you've got to beat Ohio State. Yeah, big game. But it's the same vein for Ohio State because if Penn State wins that game, you need Penn State to lose two games because head to head competition, head to head would go to Penn State. So it's a big game for both teams. Uh, I want to get back to McSorley for one second, Jack. Could he win the Heisman? His impact is huge. His numbers aren't, and usually the Heisman is about numbers, isn't it? Yeah, it is about numbers. But you know what? I think he's going to warm up too as the season goes on in the sense of getting those getting those numbers. Uh, in the first couple of games, he, again, we got some new and young wide receivers out there with true, true freshmen out there. The Hamler, who's had a big year for them out of the slot position. So he's working with a couple other guys. He finally got uh, Juwan Johnson involved in the passing game. And also he's had some drops. So you a bunch of drops in the pit game here a number, couple of weeks ago. And it's happened throughout the course of the first four games. So his numbers will get better. And I think as the season goes on, and yeah, I think he's a legitimate Heisman Trophy, but there's a lot of good quarterbacks out there at, uh, you know, who are in the race for the Heisman. One of them is, is going to be across the line from him in, uh, in Haskins with Ohio State, who's had a phenomenal year numbers-wise so far. Jack, uh, Ohio State is a three-and-a-half-point underdog. Would you care to bet on this game? <laughs> no, I would not. Why not? I've, I've learned my lesson with you a long time ago. So Jack, no, give me Ohio State in five. And especially, and especially this game. No. Come on, Jack. Ohio State in five. Will, it's at Penn State. I will, I will pass. I will pass on this game. Well, right. <laughs> I, I, I think that uh, I, I, you, you, you have no appreciation for the history 
on the show that you've you've built, and I'm I'm just very disappointed. Uh, finally, Jack, how's JackhamBumpfighting.com going? Uh, well, you know what? I've had to concentrate on this on the Ohio State thing. You know, I've I've not put in the time I need to over in Johnstown, so it's been a little bit lacking in the last couple of years. Well, we look forward to more products, certainly, and uh, we. Oh, here's one last thing. I know you don't follow the NFL as closely as you once did. But I also know that you know you're an all-time great stealer, and certainly appreciative of the other all-time great stealers. Where does Ben Roethlisberger right now among the all-time great stealers? Is he in the top five at this point? Oh, I think so. Oh, yes. Uh, oh, oh, all-time great, ste- great stealers. Oh, uh, okay. It's close. It is close. There's a lot. Of, there's a lot of great players uh, throughout the history of the Steelers, and. Uh, I'm thinking about quarterbacks. I mean, obviously, it's going to be Bradshaw and 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 Ben. See, I would rank uh, I would rank Ben over Bradshaw now. I think his numbers overwhelm Bradshaw's. Well, but yeah, you look at numbers like that t- today. Bradshaw, you know, we ran the ball so much. It's just different errors, and so stat wise, yeah. But Bradshaw has four four Super Bowl rings, so uh, I would give the nod to Bradshaw. Bradshaw never have to de- had to deal with Bell and Brown, did he? <laughs> Well, he had Swan and Stall. That's not what I meant. You know it. (laughs) Well, that's true. Jack, as always, a pleasure. We'll do it again soon. Enjoy the game Saturday. All right. Thanks. Take care, Mark. That is Jack Hamp. I'm Mark Madden. Liverpool on the verge of losing their first competitive fixture of the year. Down 2-1 in injury time. That sucks in the League Cup. If you want to lose any games, you want to lose in the League Cup, but you certainly don't want to lose at all. Chelsea with a couple late goals and... uh, uh, Hazard coming in and making a real impact. 412-333-9939. We're going to replay that James Harrison son on the other side of the break. We want you to comment on it. James Harrison suggesting that Lev Bell should defraud the Rooney family by pretending to be hurt upon showing up. 105.9. This is Jake Enzo of the Pittsburgh Penguins. You're listening to Mark Madden in the best hockey talk on 105.9 The X. Penguins at home tonight against Buffalo. Exhibition play. The Penguins... Uh, whole regular lineup will be in tonight with the exception of Justin Schultz, who apparently has a minor wrist injury. Zach Aston Reese not in there. I'm not sure if Zach Aston Reese is going to be in there to start the season. The lines for tonight are Sid, Hornquist, and Gensel, Malkin, Kessel, and Haglund, Rust, Broussard, and Simone, Sprong, Cullen, and Shea, and Cullen on the left wing. Uh, Shane, of course, just resumed practicing after having been injured. And uh, Sprong's dripped, uh, dropped all the way to the fourth line, which doesn't bode well because he's not a fourth-line-style player. Talking about what Harrison said about Le'Veon Bell, advising him to fake injury to defraud the Roonies after he reports to the Steelers in the 11th week or whenever. Just can't believe he did that. Well, I can believe, but but what a rotten friggin' thing to do! Incredible. Your thoughts at four one two three 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 WXDX. Let's go to uh, our good friend Ashley Schaefer from my second favorite car dealership, Ashley Schaefer BMW. Hello, are you there? I gave him the big setup, and he's not even ready. Let's go to. Leroy and Butler. Leroy, you're on with Double M. What up, man? What up, man? Hey, I agree with you. I think I'm tired of James Harrison being disrespectful to the Roonies. 
But don't you think it's hypocritical how you never acknowledge how your boy Ben also disrespects the Roonies? How's he disrespect the, the Roonies? Conduct? How do you disrespect the Roonies? I mean, with his off-the-field conduct, with the rape. What? Goodbye. Yeah, it never charged, never even investigated. Just a rumor. It never happened. Goodbye. Go to Keegan and Shaler. Keegan, you're on with Double M. Hey, Mark. Uh, I just want to say it's an honor talking to the super genius himself, you know. Yeah, you've bored me already, Keegan. Goodbye. Kissing ass will get you nowhere. Actually, it, it quite often will, but in this case, no. Okay, here's my fantasy lineup for this week. You could play against me in the Sheets Fantasy League. Go to 1059thex.com for details. That's 1059thex.com or wxdx.com. I'm going to take the quarterback the Steelers play against every week, so I got Flacco. I got Barkley. And I got Juju and A.B., I'm lit. I got other guys, but as long as I'm lit, that's all that matters. Up next, I'm going to talk to Bob McLaughlin. Going to play that Harrison sign as well. Let's play the Harrison sign now. Let's do that very quickly. This is James Harrison on Fox Sports TV. Like looking at it now, I don't really think a trade will happen. I don't think somebody else would take that because they can't give him a new contract, and that's mm-hmm. what he wants. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think the play for Le'Veon, if I'm Le'Veon, is I'm coming back, what is it, November 13th, yeah, the tenth, the tenth game. and I'm going to go in there, I'm going to get my credit the season that I need to get, and I'm going to do the best I can to get out of that season healthy. And for me, I'd give you everything in practice. You would see, the cameras would see that I am fine, I am healthy, but come Saturday, Something ain't right. I can't play on Sunday. Because if I go out here and I mess something up, I'm oh, losing a lot of money. A, he going to put an Earl Thomas on uh, the Just like what Earl <laughs> said. No question. Yeah. Right. Yeah, all right. So make no mistake. You heard it. James Harrison is encouraging Lev Bell to defraud the Rooney family. The Rooney family who paid James Harrison a ton, who stuck by him after his domestic violence, who stuck by him through all those flags and fines, who stuck by him despite him being a miserable son of a bitch. He now wants a stealer. Well, Bell's not a stealer anymore, neither is Harrison. He wants Lev Bell to defraud the Roonies. James Harrison, boy, quite a class act. And I told you so. I told you what he was a long time ago. You wouldn't believe me. Maybe next time you'll believe me. If you want to see the Twitter battle between me and Debo, just go to the Mark Madden page at WXDX.com. It was quite heated, but it ended with Debo blocking me, tweeting that he blocked me. He turned and ran like the coward he is. Thanks for playing, Debo. Here's your participation trophy. I'm not worried he's going to hit me because I'm not married to him. What an awful guy. What a jerk. And again, if you're still a fan of James Harrison, you can't be a Steeler fan because he defecates on the logo. He bites the hand that fed him. And he's on Twitter saying, come say it to my face, please. And then he blocks me. I ain't hard to find, Junior. I ain't hard to find. Go jump back in bed with Belichick, you clown. 
You're not a stealer. You never were a stealer. You were a mercenary. You've been cut so many times, it's a wonder you ain't bled to death. This team gave you a chance. This team gave you your life. This team gave you your money. This team gave you everything, and now you defecate on the logo and on the Rooney family. What a piece of trash. What a piece of excrement. 105.9 X. And now the super genius, Mark Madden. Yeah, the intensity and the talents. Hey, what's up, Mark? Big fan. Adults don't want kids to be funny. I'm immature, so I don't count. The X at 105.9. I'm joined now by Bob McLaughlin. Bob brought you by 84 Lumber. Bob, your thoughts on what James Harrison said today on Fox Sports about Lev Bell defrauding the Rooney family by faking injury? Ridiculous. I mean, not only was it bad advice, it was stupid uh, for putting it out there because now, like you talked about earlier in the show, if he does have an injury, everybody, everybody, whether you're a fan, you cover the game, you're in the game, that's your light livelihood, you're going to look at this story and put two and two together. It was just stupid all the way around. Plus, Even if the injury is legitimate. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. I, I, I totally agree. And furthermore, wasn't that just gratuitously disloyal to the Roonies and the logo to suggest that Lev Bell defraud them? On that one, I agree with you 100%. And there's there's people out there right now saying that that's not what James Harrison said. That's not what that's he exactly meant That's exactly what he said. It is exactly what he meant. There's no uh, other way to interpret that because he talked about the cameras being on. He talked about making it look good like you're good all week. But if you feel anything, you know, on Saturday. He talked about perpetrating fraud, period. There is no way to interpret what he said any other way. And, Bob, uh, I can't believe anybody in Pittsburgh still supports James Harrison. He has lost the right to label himself a stealer, and he should go jump back in bed with Belichick. Well, it's, I mean, it's it's all out there now. I mean, he, I can't he put can't. him in the Hall of Honor because he has no honor. Well, I wouldn't vote for him either. And I know he's a big part of the Super Bowl history in the last 10, 12 years, uh, you know, even the last 15 years. But look at what he's done since he has left the Steelers. He has gone kind of out of his way to take shots. He's gone out of his way to make any association he had with the Steelers just null and void, especially this, especially that. You you talk about being a teammate. He was teammates with a lot of the guys still in that locker room. And, you know, Lev Bell f- faking an injury as he goes through the season, that James would James Harrison is encouraging guys. one former teammate to put his other former teammates in an even worse position than they've been left by Le'Veon Bell. Absolutely. There's no other way to look at it, and for people who don't see that, who don't see fraud behind it, or don't see it as stupid, bad advice, boy, you're just not looking at it right. Uh, what did you think of the Twitter beef between myself and James Harrison today? I do want to thank James for that because he might as well have hired a plane to fly over Pittsburgh, trailing a banner that said, listen to Mark Madden today. Yeah, there's the old good publicity, bad publicity. You know, it's all publicity. Uh, Before you pointed it out, I was aware of it. I was kind of laughing in my office just to see where it goes because I I didn't want to interrupt you as you went back and forth with him volleying. Uh, I figured it was going to end with a blocking, and uh, that's how it ended. Uh, Daniel Sprong. Down to the fourth line. That's a good topic for Penguin fans uh, in the final hour. What do you make of that? Because if he's on the fourth line, there's no point him being uh, dressed on game night. No, you're right. And I would love to see him 
you know, top six. I would love to see what he could do with some other skilled players because that's his game, but it just doesn't look like that's what's going to happen. It just doesn't look, you know, every report I see is that, you know, this coach is talking to him away from the team or that he's been asked to do this or, you know, Mark Recchi's saying he didn't stand out. There's just no glowing praise. There, There's no praise. There's questions and there's comments about they're looking for more that he has to do better. Uh, so I don't think we're going to see that opportunity for him to be top six at any point. I would like to see him stay with the team in any way, but I do agree with you. If it's on the fourth line, that's not what he does. That's not his game. But, Bob, I can't justify putting him up higher. No, you're right. Hornquist has to play ahead of him. Uh, Kessel has to play ahead of him. And I want Rust on the right wing. I see no reason to hamstring Brian Rust by putting him at his wrong wing to let some guy who's barely played in the league uh, be comfortable. If anything, I would put Sprong on the left wing, but but he can't do that. Even though the switch would be much better. I mean, I know Rusty doesn't have a problem with switching it that way. And, and we've seen, as Penguin fans, we've seen what happens. He's just not as good. Exactly. Well, I think it would be better, though, than to, to move Sprong onto the other wing. That's Bob McLaughlin brought you by 84 Lumber. Remember, oh, you couldn't move Sprong to the other wing. Remember um, when IHOP changed its name? We have another name change among a uh, national eatery chain, and it's kind of funny. We'll talk about that in 30 seconds here on 105.9 The X.